praise to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text for this evening comes from the revelation of Jesus Christ, the 19th chapter. Tonight we have gathered to commemorate another one of those hidden gems of the church here. Tonight, we are gathered to commemorate the ascension of our Lord. It's a holy day that can be kind of overlooked a bit as we start to transition from the holiest day of the year, Easter, to another very holy day, the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. Yet for the longest time in the history of the church, the ascension was up there with the other big days, quote-unquote, of the festival services. Alongside ones such as Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Transfiguration, and the Epiphany of our Lord. We know for a fact that Ascension Day is always 40 days after Easter. As based on the scriptural evidence of our reading from Acts chapter 1. The early church gives evidence, an ample witness to the importance of ascension. For instance, frequent mention of this holy day is made in the writings of St. John Chrysostom, St. Gregory of Nyssa, and the Constitution of the Apostles. The pilgrimage of Etheria speaks of the vigil of this feast and of the feast itself, as they were kept in the church built over the grotto in Bethlehem, which Christ is traditionally regarded as having been born. We can also see the ascension as one of the highlights of Christ's earthly ministry. Indeed, in many ways, we can consider it an exclamation point on the season of Easter. Jesus reascends to his native heaven. The glory that he left when he came into our world to be our Savior. Christ has now departed. As he told the disciples in our gospel lesson, from last Sunday. But after Christ ascends, we have a most interesting moment happen in Acts 1, 10 to 11. Suddenly, two men in white clothes stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up at the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Another important truth that we confess. We know that he will return. He will come again to judge the living and the dead as we confess every Sunday and this evening. And we long for it. And there's much confusion about it. No, there will not be a rapture 
and then tribulation and everything on earth, he will simply come and give glory to judge the living and the dead. And this evening we get a glimpse of the aftermath of the ascension and look at what will happen next when Christ returns and descends from heaven and comes to this earth. In our text, we see the ascended Christ preparing to return to earth. The armies in heaven, which were clothed with white, clean, fine linen, were following him on white horses. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will shepherd them with iron staff. He himself is going to trample the winepress of the fierce anger of the Almighty God. On his garment and on his thigh, this name is written. King of kings and Lord of lords. The ascended Christ will return in a way that will be much different than when he came into our world. His first coming was in all humility. As that humble babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Not the glorious way that you would expect Christ to come, was it? But the entrance he's about to make now in our text is different. Now he comes in royal power and might. Just look at his appearance. He is crowned with many crowns. He has flaming eyes. A sword proceeds from his mouth. He's on a white horse accompanied by an army. This is who the Christ is. God is the cute baby, and in his place is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who is very God and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary. And now the ascended Christ is prepared descend to us. We see now that when he comes again, he's going to appear even more frightening and powerful. For out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down nations. He will shepherd them with iron staff. He himself is going to trample the winepress of the fierce anger of the almighty God. He is going to come down in judgment. Notice the language associated with here. He's going to strike the nations. He will shepherd with a rod of iron. He's going to trample. For now he comes in judgment. All of this is because of the great evil and iniquity of the nations. All because of the rebelliousness of 
all the peoples of the earth who've attacked God's saints, you and me. This is what will happen when the ascended Christ returns. For the scriptures tell us that the wrath of God will come. For God will reach a point when he has had enough. And then the Son will bring judgment. Jesus asks in the Gospel of Luke, However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he? For he will punish the iniquities of the nations. And yet we also have to look at our hearts and realize how we too have been as guilty as the nations around us. We've been just as cruel, just as selfish, just as evil as those outside of the church who we condemn. We've stolen, we've coveted, we've murdered, we've lusted in our hearts. And when the ascended Lord returns, there will be no excuse for anyone. Because we can't overcome our evil deeds with good deeds. We should all stand condemned <clears throat> before God because of our many iniquities. Yet we also see that the ascended Christ returns to us. And we see this glorious vision of our Lord. I saw heaven standing open, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True, and he judges and makes war on righteousness. His eyes are like blazing flames, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him which no man one knows except himself. He is also clothed in a garment that have been dipped in blood. And his name is the Word of God. Yet this is not the first time that our Lord has come to us as a victorious conqueror. Moreover, there are many comparisons that we can see between Christ's work and his first coming and his second coming. For instance, we know that our Lord is the Word of God. A unique contribution that St. John gives us to our doctrine of Christology. By this, the true divinity of Christ is shown for us. For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He has always existed from before time began eternally begotten from the Father. Moreover, Christ here is wearing and crowned in heavenly glory and was also crowned in earthly glory. For Christ was crowned with thorns. As the one who bears the sins of humanity and as the one 
who wins redemption for God's people. He is the one who is faithful and true. Faithful and true as the Son of God to accomplish the mission that God the Father gave to him. To be the atoning sacrifice for not just our sins, but the sins of the whole world. We know this from earlier in the book of Revelation, where the Holy Spirit inspired St. John to tell us that Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, is the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his own blood. This is the first conquest of Christ. To defeat the forces of sin, death, and the devil by taking our iniquity upon himself and putting it to death with him on the cross. Christ has triumphed. God's wrath against sin has been appeased in his sacrifice. It is from here that our Lord then ascends into heaven, having accomplished the work of his Father for our salvation. That is what it has meant when Jesus said, it is finished. It means the warfare is over. That we have nothing we have to do to earn salvation with God. Christ has taken care of it, all of it, out of nothing but his pure grace and mercy toward us fallen humans. And because he has accomplished our salvation for us, he then ascends unto the throne of God, having conquered in the fight for us and for our salvation. And now that Christ has ascended, it's easy to think that Christ is now up in heaven, twiddling his thumbs, he waits the word from the Father to return to us in glory as the judge of the living and the dead. Yet this is not the case at all. First, our Lord has ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, where he intercedes on our behalf before the Father, pleading for the Father's mercy for the sake of sacrifice. Moreover, Christ is still active in and with his church. How well will we know and take comfort in the promises of Christ in Scripture that he is with us when we are gathered under his name and before his altar. We know the saving gifts that he's come to give us in word and sacrament. Indeed, we will partake of the precious sacrament of the altar, where the ascended Christ comes to us with his true body and blood, in, with, and under the bread and wine. We know that Christ still upholds the church and protects and defends her from every danger of body and soul. Yet make no mistake about it, the ascended Christ will descend in glory as the end times judge bring God's judgment against this fallen and sinful world. And those who in unbelief have rejected him will face that wrath. For the world will be struck down for its many iniquities. 
but we also know that we've been saved from that dreaded fate. We will not have to face that judgment because Christ has faced it for us. We will be like those who are in heaven with him. That heavenly army clothed in white garments, the white robe of righteousness that was given to us saints in baptism. For the ascended Lord has washed and redeemed us in his blood. He has clothed us and set us apart from this world. Yes, we will suffer attack and trial. But we know that God remains with us and for us to ensure we are kept in the faith. But know this, that he will return. And in the meantime, he has work for us to do. And he blesses it with the glory of his holy name. And God wants all of us to be saved from it, from that judgment. So the ascended Christ sends us his Holy Spirit to empower us to proclaim his word, to speak to others of the saving message of Christ, to continue to proclaim who God is and what he's done for us, all to save his people from such a dreaded fate. <clears throat> this was an interesting text to read alongside our readings on the ascension of our Lord. For many ways we get the end result of the ascension. They will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Yes, Christ will come again. Yes, he will judge the world for its many sins and iniquities. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will shepherd them with an iron staff. He himself is going to trample is going to trample the winepress of the fierce anger of the Almighty God. Yet our Lord first descended from heaven in order to rescue us from this judgment by facing God's wrath against sin. And for the sake of the ascended Christ, our sins are not held against us. Yet we know that he continues to come to us to give us his saving gifts and word sacrament. The ascended Christ who lives and no more shall die, who is in heaven, ascended and ruling all things, will come again to bring us to heaven with him. Amen. Now may the peace of God who surpasses our understanding keep your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen.